All right, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're continuing our series, The Invisible War Against Your Soul. So I want to welcome you to week two of The Invisible War Against Your Soul. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. I mean, let me do a little bit of a recap, just in case you're stepping in for the first time and you, 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 know, you missed last week. So what we said last, last Sunday is that we're in this invisible war. We're all in this war. It's, it's, it's like electricity, you know? Like, it's hard to explain. Um, really can't see it. But I know, like, 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 running through those wires up there, I know that there's something that we call electricity that if it wasn't for that, you know, there's no way that you could see me. There's no way that those lights would light me up. And so in the same way, there's a war, and it's invisible. It's hard to distinguish at times. It's like carbon monoxide. It's, it's, it's invisible to the eye. You can't smell it. You can't see it. But if I'm in a row, if I'm in a room, excuse me, in an enclosed room, and there's plenty of carbon monoxide, what will it do? It'll what? It'll kill me. And so you are in a war, and here's what you need to know. And I said this to our students yesterday. You are a force for good. And the enemy is real, as real as the chairs that you're sitting on, or the couch if you're watching from home or wherever you're at. It, he's as real as he can be and he wants to take you out. The Bible says, he, says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He does, if you are a Jesus follower and you stand for good, he does not want you alive. He does not want what you stand for. And so you're fighting an invisible war. We had seven students give their life to Christ yesterday at the leg day. Yeah, let's give it up for those, those students. And I, and I made them say it like three or four times. You are a force for good. You're a force for good. You're a force for good because the enemy is lying to us. He wants us to believe the opposite. And so that was last week. We're going to begin in verse 13. Um, let me read verse 10 and 12 real quick, th through 12. Um, it's not on the screen, but we'll get there in a minute just for those who are here and we're not here. By the way, the messages will be on the, there are in the web, on the website, Facebook, YouTube, if you want to follow us along, whatever platform you use to follow us. Uh, but verse 10 through 12, real quick, it's not on the screen, but let me just kind of to bring everybody up to speed. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We talked about that last week. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood. That's important. The enemy is not your spouse. The enemy is not your ex. The enemy is not your boss. The enemy is, is not the organization they're working for that you're frustrated with. It's not that church that hurt you or that family member, that sibling. And so it says, verse 11, for we're fighting, 12, for we're fighting against, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and against authorities of an unseen world. That's, that's what I said a second ago. Verse 13. Let's put, let's put it on the screen. Therefore, because of what we just read, this is what you've got to do. Therefore, put on every, what? Every piece. All right, we're going to talk about some gear that you have to, like, just like when you go to battle, you have to have some gear. So that's, that's the word there. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to, help me out, help me preach, church, so that you will be able to what? Resist. Say it nice and loud. So that you will be able to? Resist. resist. What does that mean? That word actually means to stand against or in opposition. So look this way, everybody, look this way. I, I want to explain the word real quick, real quick. I don't want you to miss it. This is what the word means. This is what it means. 
It means you're standing against, you're standing in 180, 180 degree in opposition to the enemy. You're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. You're, you don't see eye to eye with the enemy. Does that make sense? You're standing a what? Against. So the enemy has a way of thinking. He has a way of doing things. And God says, you're going to put on your gear. And if you do that, if your gear is on, you'll be able to stand against the attacks of the enemy. Look at the, the end of verse 13. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Now, the NLT uses two words to translate just the one single word. In the Greek, in the original language, was just one word, and the word is unshakable. Have you ever been through something in life that's unshakable? Finances, divorce, something relationally, cancer, and you feel like, man, my world, it's, it's, it's the fear of the unknown, right? So what God is saying here is, if you get your gear on, you will be able to fight, and at the end of that fight, it's, it's not saying that you won't be shaken, a lot of people could get confused. It's, it, what it's saying is that after you fought your battles, you will be on, you'll be able to be standing firm. You'll be on solid ground. Does that make sense? You'll be able, let me, let me kind of illustrate it like this. True story. Larry and Chrissy, young couple, they love adventure. They love to just go out and, and just be out and about. And they said, man, let's, let's go um, let's go on our ATV and let's just go explore. So what they do is they live up north and uh, it's snowing, it's icy, it's cold. And they say, man, let's, let's, let's get our ATV, put it in the back of the truck and let's just go and to just, just, just explore. Sure enough, they get out, they're out, they're actually going to this particular place and then they reach this, this river, okay, that's frozen, Okay, and apparently I don't I don't know I'm not from up north, but apparently you can drive a truck on frozen ice, right? Like, and what they say is that if it's a foot thick, you can drive a truck. All right, like don't ask me, I'd never do that, you know. If it's like three to four inches, you can drive like an ATV, a snowmobile. If it's just one inch, it'll hold a person. Okay, and so they reach this place. And said, you know what, let's just hang out here um, and then let's just take, park the car, the, the truck, take the, the ATV off of it and then let's just go have fun. And so they sure enough, they get on it and they're going all over the place. They're having a blast. They're like literally on ice until they said like, Larry said like, it was fun. We were having a blast until it wasn't fun anymore. And they heard the sound of cracking and the ATV got stuck and then dropped and rolled. And before they knew it, both of them, Larry and Chrissy, found themselves in the frigid water trying to come out, trying to climb out of it. They said that they kept sliding back. They were at the very edge. And they were wearing their helmets, their coats, their boots. And with the water, you can imagine, they became heavier and heavier the longer they're there. Of course, hypothermia is going to kick in. And in that moment, Larry said, said, I cannot believe I just did what I've just done. And he regret, man, I cannot believe I put my wife in this position. I cannot, I, this is it. This is the end of my life. I, this is how it ends. And I tell you this story, true story, to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like that? 
Have you ever been through something in life? You made some decisions you were not proud of. Something happened relationally. And you feel like you're, man, I just cannot. I try to climb out, but I just keep sliding back. I'm in frigid waters. I just made too many mistakes. It's too late for me. Too much has been wasted. I'm out of time. I can't make the difference. And it's, it's like one regret after another, right? And you don't think of all the wins. You just think of like all the mistakes that you've made. You, it's just one thing after the next. And you just don't know. Like, is there any purpose for my life? I don't know. Listen, if you feel, if you've ever felt, or even if you feel right now like Larry and Chrissy, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to listen to what God's going to tell you. I believe God has a word for you, for, for each one of you. And I want you to listen, pay attention to what he says. Look in verse 14 where he says, stand, watch this, let's put it on, this, on the screen. Stand your ground. Put it on the belt of truth. We'll talk about that in a minute. And the body armor of God's righteousness, I'll explain that in a second. But he says, stand your ground. Now, it's interesting. In just two or three short verses, multiple times, God says, take a stand. What, what's up with that? Like, it hasn't been that many verses. Like, take a stand, take a stand, right? Like, why would God have to tell you, like, over and over and over, take a stand, take a stand? Because he knows us. He knows we need to hear it more than once. He knows we're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna do life, and all of a sudden, you know, we trip, and we fall, and, and we make mistakes. And so... He says it three times, at least in the, the last couple of verses that we've read, because we're going to stumble, and he wants to encourage you. And God will say it in many, diff many different ways. He'll say it through me. He'll say it through a verse, a movie, a song, an experience. He'll, he'll tell you, keep showing up. Keep, 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 you know, show up. Go a second round. Don't quit. Don't give up. You know, don't, don't do it again. Like, go, go for it. You know, you have to get back up. You fell once. No, it's okay. Stand up. Take a stand. Five for your family. Five for your marriage. Five for, you know, your kids. Don't give up. And in this passage, he says it at least three times. He says it the first time. It's in verse 13. He says, resist the enemy. What does that mean? It means to stand against 180 degree, right? Against what the enemy thinks. He says that in verse, the end of verse uh, 13, he says that you will be able to stand firm like you're not standing on thin eyes you're going to be able to have a, a strong foundation the reason why we hand out bibles is because of that like you've got to be in the word like if i could do this for you i would and i can do a little bit but you've got to be in the word every single day of your life if you want to be on solid ground he says that in verse 14 stand your ground and then several, several, uh, he mentions several, like the whole passage, several pieces of gear. Now, he's talking to a different group of people, but he's mentioning several pieces of um, gear that the Roman soldiers would put on, okay? The first three that he's going to mention are things, tools, gear that, you, that they had to wear at all times, okay? So, like, he mentions the belt, Right? He mentions the breastplate. Breastplate would be like a, like a bulletproof body armor in our, in our world today. He mentions the shoes or the boots. Like the Roman soldiers, what they would do is they would attach nails to the boots. And they would attach those nails so they could grip to the ground. And they would, they would have solid footing while they were in battle. 
verse 15 for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that watch this don't miss it so that you will be help me out church help me preach so that you will be what fully prepare you got to be ready don't go to battle alone without some tools so he just he says get your gear on like there is, there is through the whole passage, he says, there are some things you've got to have in your arsenal to fight the enemy. It's an invisible battle. It's real. It's as real as electricity. It's as real as carbon monoxide. It's real. You've got to have some tools. You cannot fight alone. You cannot fight without some, some weapons. Now, he mentions several of them. He mentions truth, verse 14. You fight the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. Then he mentions peace in verse 15. Jesus says, I've told you all these things so that in me you find peace. I never really understood that verse. Especially like, like when you're going through a difficult time. Like how's, how does someone, like I did a funeral of a baby, I think it was just a couple of months ago, eight months old, baby. How does a parent go through that and have peace? Like I've never, I had a really good friend of mine had a cancer for years she was battling cancer how do you how can you have peace how do you have peace of mind when 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 you go through something so tragic i have friends who've lost their dads i have friends who've been with covid that lost lost their relatives and then and then i learned what from this friend i learned what this verse was all about she said what happens is is the greater the struggle in life the greater the capacity for you to have strength and grace and peace and all of those things. In other words, you, you've been through some things and they, they're this big, your trouble is this big. But if you go through something crazy difficult, guess what God does? He increases your capacity to have grace and strength. It's like, it's like playing the, you know, the video game uh, Zelda. Like I used to love playing. I used to play that. I don't do it anymore. Uh, <clears throat> just, just kidding. I still play. I'm still a big kid at heart. And um, you, know, you play the first few, the fir- first few times and you, you start with three hearts. But then the more you progress, sometimes you get an extra heart. And so your capacity, you know, you, you keep going and now you have five hearts. Your capacity for life increases. And in the same way, when you go through struggles, God says, I'm going to give you, and what this lady, friend of mine, said is, the more the struggle, the more the capacity for you to receive strength and peace. And so Jesus says, you know what? I've told you everything that I've said. I came to planet Earth to talk to you, to share some things. Everything that I've told you is so that, you can, so that in me you can find peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. This is a difficult world. Don't worry. I've overcome the world. I conquer in death. And so in the whole passage, he says, truth is one of the things that you, one of the gears that you've got to put on. Fight the enemy with the truth of God. The second one was peace. The third one is faith. We'll talk about faith next week, okay? But he says, get your gear on. Now here's the question. Are you fully prepared? Because the truth is, sometimes we go in, and I know I'm speaking from experience. I go into battle without my gear on. So the question is, are you fully prepared or are you just checking boxes? Oh, we made it. Oh, we dedicated the baby. Check. We made it to church. Check. Uh, I'll put $20 in the, in the offering box. Check. Or I'll do this. Check. I said a prayer before. Check. 
But I'm telling you from experience, I can tell I can do this job without engaging, without my heart engaging with the Lord. I can, I can pretend to be spiritual, right? And I can wear the mask and not engage on Monday morning. Or, you know, whenever, whenever I'm having issues in my heart of bitterness or whatever. And so here's my challenge. Engage. Engage. Anybody can check the boxes. Anybody can do the to-do list, right? I'm challenging you to challenging you to engage. One of the saddest verses in the Bible is Ezekiel 22, verse 30. The prophet, on behalf of God, he says, I look for a person to help us build the wall. I look for a person to, to stand in the gap, but I found none. One of the saddest verses in the Bible. Nobody. They were doing all the spiritual sacrifices, you know, in the, of, that, of the day, that day and age. They were doing, they were checking off all the boxes. But when the time came, what the prophet was saying on behalf of the Lord is, I did not find a single person to stand in the gap. Didn't find someone to engage. And so, um, how about you? Are you ready? Are you prepared to go to battle? Do you have your gear on? Kind of reminds me of a, a story about Teddy Roosevelt. I'm not a history buff, but um, I love his story. So, Teddy Roosevelt was our 26th president. Uh, he was just sort of a, an iconic guy. We see him on Mount Rushmore, um, play by Robin Williams. Uh, in the night of the museum did you guys see that movie the night of the museums i love love the movie and uh, every time i think of teddy roosevelt i think of you know rowan williams in the night of the museum um even right now as i'm talking to you guys like that's that's the picture that comes to mind but incredible guy first president to ride in a submarine first president to own a car he was the first guy first president to have his own phone install it at home uh, he won the Nobel Peace Prize, the Medal of Honor, first president to leave uh, the country while in office to take care of the Panama uh, Canal and, you know, just a little side hustle, right? Not, nothing much. Um, incredible guy. But one of the stories that I love about him is his involvement in the uh, Spanish-American War. He forms this group of people called the Rough Riders. And basically, um, they're, they're just volunteer soldiers who just wanted to fight for the country wanted to you know be as americans as they could be and basically it was made up of cowboys indians and some of his classmates some college athletes from harvard of all of all places you know, what kind of imagine that group right and so he gathers all of these cowboys indians and some of his classmates from from harvard and he says that in his journals that he would have never formed the Rough Riders unless he had experienced profound, life-shattering shattering loss. See, what happened was, in 1884, on Valentine's Day, he lost both his wife and his mom. At the same time, same house. I can't imagine losing both your mom and your wife on the same day, different diseases, different condition. In that day, he wrote one sentence on his diary. Just he, all he could muster to do, just one sentence. And I have a picture I want you to see. Let's see if you can, can we put it up? That's all he could write. 
the light has gone out of my life. Valentine's Day. And he says it was that grief that led him to travel out west and form this group of, of, of soldiers, volunteer soldiers, the Rough Riders. He said it was that grief that led him, you know, with a sort of a, a, a pioneering spirit, a, a, a spirit of determination to go and get this group together at age 39. And it was them that ended up going to Cuba and fighting the Spanish-American War And he says that on this particular battle, they were trying to take the hill uh, called the San Juan Hill in there because, you know, if you take the hill, if you, have, if you go to higher ground, you have a better position over the enemy. And so he remembers, like, in the middle of the fight, they're going for the, they're taking the hill. And he remembered in that moment that there was a day and age when he sort of fantasized about the day that he could fight for his country and whether he would rise up to the occasion or not. And he would question himself if, if, if in that moment, when it, when it mattered most, if he, could, if he could do what it was going to take for him to do and fight for his country, or if he was going to let fear take over. And so on this particular day, he's behind a, wire, uh, a barbed wire fence that had fallen over, and Teddy Roosevelt is remembering what he had always dreamed of. This is my moment. Will I... Will I charge ahead or will, will I stay behind? And in that moment, he, he knew if I go, I'm exposed. And I, I don't know if I'll make it. If I stay behind, I'll be safe. But if, if I go, if I go forward, if I charge ahead, there's no turning back. I'm committed at that point. It's do or die. And he makes the decision to go. And that day, the soldiers that were following him, they said that the courage that they, they that man, they just, that, when they saw him, they, they said it was almost like it was a different human being. Like, like, we had, like we knew Teddy Roosevelt, but that day changed everything. And they fought till they took the hill. Later, he says, Teddy Roosevelt says in his journal, that was the single greatest day of his life. His soldiers would follow him anywhere, and he wrote this. He wrote this, all men who feel any power of joy in battle know what it is like when the wolf rises in the heart i love that let me let me say it again all men who feel any power of joy in battle know what it is like when the wolf inside of you rises in the heart now i share that with you because here's my prayer today my prayer is that there will be some men and women today in this room and wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening from, that would decide once and for all to let the wolf inside of you rise up. I, my prayer is that there will be some people today that would stand their ground, that would be like verse 15 says, that they'd be fully prepared, that they would not find themselves in the middle of the battle without their gear on. My prayer is that you would engage, that you put on your spiritual gear on, and that you would engage the fight for the fight of your life, that you would engage, that you would fight for your kids, that you would fight for your family, that you would fight for yourself. You know, the title, title of the message is bring it on. Bring it on. 
My prayer is that as Christians, we would not be so feeble and we're like so afraid and like intimidated by the attacks of the enemy that we'd be like shaking, hoping for the best, hoping that, that you know, everything is gonna be okay. And I, but I just don't know. And, you know, and you're like, no, no, no. My prayer is that we would rise up and engage as men and as women and that we would take the heel, that we would bring it on that we would not be so just relaxed and so afraid of what he could do. Man, that we would know the spirit of almighty God is in me. Greater is he that's in me than than he that is in the world. I have nothing to fear. So here's kind of what I, the way I put it. Ephesians 6, 11. This is kind of my own words. Can we put it up? Lord, here's what I want you to say today. Lord, I'm gonna put on the full armor of God. God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight against this, the schemes of the devil. That word schemes means strategy. We looked at that. I'm going to go for it. I'm not, I'm not going to be, so, be passive aggressive. No, I'm going to bring, I'm going to declare war. I'm taking the heel. And I'll close with this. I'm going to ask our worship team if you guys come down. I love stories of perseverance. And uh, in my pocket, I'm actually, I have a, a Leatherman knife a multi-tool and when i was in seminary about 20 years ago um that hurts me just saying that (laughs) um i worked at a warehouse and one of the things one of the tools that was really important to have is a multi-tool and i had really cheap ones and I'll, you know, for the longest time, I wanted a Leatherman. And this was like top of the line. It, there was nothing better than a Leatherman. The other ones, you know, they would break every other week or whatever. And I remember saving, like, for several weeks. Uh, I was a broke seminary student um, living in, like, a one-bedroom apartment with my wife. And I saved for months for this. And so recently, I came across the story of Leatherman, the company. It was actually created by a man named Tim Leatherman, he was, he's the founder, and he, he thought, you know what, I want to create sort of like, like, a, like a pair of pliers that have a pocket knife attached to it. Like there was a day that, like there were no multi-tools, okay? And he said, you know what, I'm going to do it, I'm going to create it. And um, it took, it was a little bit harder than he thought. It took him three years, night after night in his garage, sweating it out in tears many times because he couldn't get it to work. He was trying to get a, a, a patent for it. They wouldn't give him one. He was like, he found himself many times discouraged, about to give up, until he finally got it. The, the United States Patent Office, they gave him one. He finally, you know, he was excited when he got it. And then the battle began because he had to sell it. He had to get out there and sell this thing that nobody had seen before. And he goes to store after store, and guess what they said? Nah, never seen that thing. We don't need that. You know, it's too much of a tool for the knife companies. It's too much of a knife for the tool companies. Nope. He went to the, the U.S., the United States Army. They said, nope, thanks, but no thanks. Stanley Company, nope. All over, all over the place. He, he received over 500 rejection letters. I don't know about you, but that's a lot. And then one day, he's about to give up. He's like, I'm done. It's over. His friend said, send one more out, one more letter out. He does. He sends it to the store, Cabela's store in um, 
They said, let's just give it a try. We're going to buy just a few. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. We don't know if it's going to happen. And the thing sold like crazy. And you know the rest of the story. It's, man, this is a comp- multi-million dollar company. Uh, they, they have like over 400 employees, 30, 35 different uh, types of multi-tool. They've created like really in, in, a, in a sense they've created their own category. And I love, I love this story because Tim Leatherman, it, altogether it took him eight years. Eight years. And I think he teaches us what it takes to bring it on. I think he teaches us what it means to not give up. 500 let, rejection letters. Now you're probably thinking, okay, well, how, how, does, how does that apply to me? Let me connect the dots, okay, and we're done. Remember that story I told you about Larry and Chrissy? True story? They found themselves in the frigid water on the edge of the ice trying to climb out, and they couldn't. And he was thinking, man, how could I put my, fam- my wife and I in this situation? In that moment, you know, hyperthermia is about to kick in. They're going down. In that moment, his hand touches his side pocket, and he pulls out a Leatherman. And in the video, he's telling the story. He meets Tim Leatherman and says, thank you. Your tool, that day when he did it, he made it into a plier, and he stabbed the eyes, pulled himself out, saved his wife. And in the video, he said, thank you. You saved our lives. Thank you for not giving up. You know, Tim Leatherman had no idea what hung in the balance of the decision he was making not to give up. He had no idea that his tool one day would literally save lives. And neither do you. You have no idea what hangs in the balance of the decisions that you're making today not to give up. Parents, you're raising up kids, baby dedication this morning, you have no idea. Your children will stand on your shoulders and they'll be able to reach the moon. They'll never know the extent. They'll never know the sacrifices. But don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Bring it on. You've got what it takes. So would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And would you just tell God right now, would you just say, Lord, I want to stand up. I want to show up. God, I want to be there. I'm not going to play this, like, this little game, like, you know, I'll just, every once in a while. God, may the wolf inside of me rise up, God. I want to be a spiritual Teddy Roosevelt. I want to take the hill. I want to be a Tim Leatherman and not give up. I don't care if the world is against me. I'm going to charge ahead because my family is worth it. My children's children will know you. Look, look, it's never been about you. You fight the battle for everyone else. And so, if that's you, if you're watching online, text the word Jesus. We want to engage in a conversation with you. If today is a day, I'm just wondering, with heads by and eyes closed, like how many of you would say, Pastor Alex, would you pray for me? I'm, this is it. This is my day. I'm going to, I'm taking, I'm t- I'm taking the heel. How many of you would say that? There's an area of my life. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. I see, man, 
all over the place. Anyone else? Pastor Alex, with God's help, I'm, I'm going to go after it. I'm putting my gear on. Father, you've seen our hearts, Lord. Lord, you know that this is not an easy fight. God, thank you for truth. Thank you for the peace that Jesus gives us. We may not understand it. It may be difficult to explain. But God, we just ask that you would fill us up with courage. Spiritual courage, God. To serve you. To do what's right. To stand up. To take our, to stand our ground. To resist the enemy. And I just thank you ahead of time for the lives that will be saved because of our sacrifice. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.